So we've had them for a while. The question is, are we going to do anything to address it? Uh, and uh, the only way that we can address it is to look from all aspects. Uh, and you could talk about it a lot, but we need training. We need to use our uh, leverage our electronic health records and do better decision support. Um, we need to figure out how to have a working relationship with our patients that that's based on trust. So they're not afraid of us because we look maybe different uh, racially or ethnically or gender wise. Um, and so, but part of that is having a more diverse uh, healthcare workforce. And then just, just basic, simple, we should not have huge differences in access to ambulance, one city, one neighborhood, uh, one state versus another. We can do better. So anyway, we can talk about this issue of um, uh, physician availability. So I have to throw this in. I mentioned it earlier that we have a dearth of uh, Hispanic as well as Black, particularly primary care uh, physicians. And then the number of subspecialists is even less. And the interesting part is that if you look at um, the life expectancy, um, you actually see, you can project what would happen to life expectancy if you actually improved, you know, take areas that have dense representation. This was just published a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, have dense representation of physicians compared to other areas. And what you see is that if you have enough physicians, your life expectancy in that neighborhood goes up. And so I hope people stare at that and say, you know, every young uh, underrepresented minority person that you meet, try to talk them into going into medicine because they're gonna save a lot of lives. Okay, um, there is, we still have uh, disparities that are by race that are worse in some states than others. Uh, turns out Kentucky isn't as bad as Illinois, but that's because Kentucky as a whole is for, for African-American males, that is, uh, as a, is not so bad and not so dense, but the West end of Louisville is very dense. And so uh, that's what's making this color as, as, as deep as it is. Uh, we, it would be wonderful if, you know, 10, 20 years from now, all of these are flattened out and they're all low rates. They're all in the blue, regardless of race and gender. That's what really what we need to be looking for. If we don't do something now, this is going to happen. So this was published uh, about yeah, 10 months ago, nine, eight to nine months ago. Uh, from Jim Januzzi at Harvard. And um, their central illustration has so much data on it, I'm going to actually just summarize it here. It, what they did was take the uh, disease incidence changes uh, and the 2020 census and project from, from there what's going to happen in this country. And they say in 2060, there's going to be a dramatic increase in obesity, high cholesterol, that's dyslipidemia, hypertension, and diabetes. And those are gonna have their results, which are heart attacks, heart failure, stroke. And it, all of these are going to decrease in the white population, but increase in racial minorities. So what can we do? Well, we know these are all projections. And this red line going slightly up 
over time and the blue line being flatter coming down. We don't have to happen. Both lines should be going down and they should be going down dramatically because these are four things that we can all control. And we don't have to have these four things come from the first four things. These diseases could be eliminated if you eliminate the risk. Okay, so the time is now. These future increases are just pro projections. They don't have to happen. We need to have health policies uh, and the efforts of everyone within earshot uh, to change this for the future uh, for all of us. So how do we change it? Well, using the lessons that we've learned. Okay, and so and I know this is uh, a long, long time you were coming here for. <clears throat> I know I was supposed to have a total of two hours. I was hoping to do this an hour and a half and I'll talk for probably another uh, 15 minutes and then open it up for questions. Uh, but what I'd like to convince you of, if I haven't already, is that these are things that we really can control. Uh, and you can control it through uh, nutrition. We need to change the way that we do food. We need to not have 90% of Americans not meeting the goal of fruits and vegetable consumption. We need to take into account the data that our ethnic disparities are largely due to, and uh, cardiovascular disease, are largely due to dietary factors. And so 21% uh, higher more cardiovascular mortality in African-Americans, well, that's related to the fact that 21% of African-Americans actually consume enough fruit and, fruits and vegetables, the lowest of any racial and ethnic group. Um, and so we end up with more obesity, particularly in the African-American community, but also in Hispanics. And if you look at obesity by state, and Kentucky is a big one, bigger than, uh, than Illinois, um, the number of people, a number of states that have uh, the greater than 35% of the population being uh, obese, you, that's a, you know, it's, a, it's the central Midwest uh, and the South, and there's a lot. Uh, but if you take only the white population, it doesn't look, look nearly as bad. Um, but then when you add the Hispanic population, that actually is a, is a lot. And so you end up with more obesity, particularly central obesity and diabetes, high cholesterol, particularly high triglycerides, uh, and, um, and not premature death, by the way. You have to, um, you know, if people have not heard about the Hispanic paradox, uh, you really, every, every Hispanic person needs to know about it because they have longer life expectancy than whites. But the disease burden is higher. So if you're black, you get a short life with risk factors. If you're Hispanic, you get to live long sick. And neither of those are what we're looking for. But anyway, getting back to the obesity, when you look at the United States and obesity in the black population, very few states, and it's mostly where there aren't a lot of blacks, um, almost everywhere, you, you end up seeing uh, more than 35% of the population being obese. A lot of it has to do with the dietary pattern that was called out by the uh, University of Alabama uh, at Birmingham, the so-called REGARDS study, uh, reasons for geographic and racial differences in stroke. And this is what they showed. That, that survivorship uh, falling off a cliff over a five-year period for people at risk uh, being is related to 
the so-called Southern diet. For people who are not sure what that is, that's basically soul food. And so collard greens are great, but if you put ham hocks and neck bones in the collard greens, that's not so great. Uh, yams are good, good. Candied yams, not so good. Uh, tea is fine, sweetened tea, not so much. And so when you have a high sodium, high saturated fat, high sugar and refined grain diet, this is what you end up with. Tastes good, um, but not for long. What do you end up with? Substantially uh, increased risk of heart disease um, and kidney disease. And I'm, I'm gonna talk disease in a few minutes because it's a particular blight on our ethnic uh, and increases our ethnic disparities. Uh, because we are 12% of the population uh, and we're 35% of the dialysis patients. When you look at the association of uh, uh, social and uh, societal factors with hypertension, you come to the conclusion that a lot of it's dietary, that Southern dietary pattern. If you just eliminated that, have black people eat like other people in this country, which are not good, but you would actually improve uh, substantially the, uh, the risk, uh, particularly in African-American men. Now, a lot of that has to do with marketing. So here's another uh, study that Michelle and I did. Uh, that's my granddaughter in the middle. Um, she was staying with me and I saw her watching a lot of television. I said, you know, you could actually do something with that. And that is, it was every commercial that I saw uh, come up had something unhealthy, something that went against the guidelines that I had so carefully written and gotten approved by the ACC and AHA.